Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you guys. Go ahead and grab a seat here in the gathering. I want to say welcome. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Darren. I'm the campus pastor at our Ording Valley campus, and so we did like the great flip-flop today. We got Pastor Terry, who's normally in traditions. He's down in Ording. We got Pastor Shannon in traditions. You got Pastor Darren here. It's, it's a good time, right? Come on, come on. Excited about that. Excited to, ha- to, to be up here and share this morning about one of my favorite seasons of the year. That's, that's Christmas. And so I've been waiting uh, patiently, sometimes impatiently. Some of you saw my, San- my snowman mug this summer. Right, that was, that, was, that was the approach to Christmas. It had begun at that point, and uh, it has slowly but surely gotten here, and I love December, I love this season, I love Christmas lights, all of, all of it, and so, um, so excited for that. And so, uh, thank you for joining us. I'm excited about our Christmas series. We're gonna be going through, and our theme this year is Emmanuel, God with us. All right, we're gonna be breaking that down every single week, and we talk about different ways that God is with us, and today, I'm going to be spending time unpacking that part of it. But last week, we had an awesome service, didn't we? We had an awesome service at, at, in all of our venues. Uh, we had our Thanksgiving service, and Ording was a little, was a little different. I want to give you guys a heads up. We, we lost our projector right at the beginning of service. <laughs> and so we had all those video testimonies ready to go. We were ready to watch, and the Lord said, nah, we're going, we're going to go live testimonies today. And... Uh, we did that, and we had an awesome time in Ording, and God really moved, and it was an awesome experience um, just to say, God, Holy Spirit, would you just take what we have? And that's what we did, and uh, as we do every single Sunday, uh, our team, we prepare. I mean, we prepare our music, we prepare, our, prepare for our services, and then we say, God, you do what you want to do with it. God, you move, and uh, we believe he does. We believe that he's in the business of transforming hearts, and he continues to do that, and that's what we heard in those stories last week. And uh, continue, to, continue to share the story of Jesus in your life um, as you go throughout this season. One of the big ideas that I thought about last week was that thankfulness should be what us Christians should be known for. Right? That should be what we should be known for. Above everything. Above our politics. Above everything. It should be that we are thankful people because God has blessed us so much by giving his son. And that's what we're talking about at Christmas. And so um, thank you for, for doing that. If you missed last week, go back and watch it on Facebook. Like it was awesome. I know I did that, like, because I had our Ording Valley version, you know, unplugged is what we, we kind of called it, but I, I went back and watched this, the, the gathering service, and uh, it was just cool to see the stories and hear the stories about what God is doing in our lives. But as we move into the holiday season, one of the holiday stories that I remember wasn't too long ago for my family. Uh, we, I have three kids in, in the room with me today. I have my oldest, Daniel, and uh, I have two other younger ones, and it was about three years ago, Daylin. Our little, my little princess, as they, as they go, I have two boys, and God said, you need a girl, and I said, God, I don't need one of those, I already have a wife, and uh, God does what he does, and he, and he blessed me with an amazing uh, little girl, and I love her so much, and so uh, it was around holiday season, we had a decorated, it was probably between November and December, because my house was already decorated, um, I'm one of those people, but we had decorated, my wife, she, at that time, she, she was working, and we were doing the great handoff, right, where I would go to work, and then, you know, Danielle would meet me at, at work, or I'd meet her at home, and we'd, I'd shoot, hand me the kids, and then she'd go to work. It was one of those. So, you, so many of you have probably been there. Some of you are there right now, and it's, it's, a, it's a crazy season, right? Well, we did the handoff, and I'm at home with the kids. We're hanging out, probably just, you know, listening to Christmas mu- music or whatever, watching TV, and uh, hanging with the boys. And I think at that time I was writing a paper or something. I was working on uh, some schooling as well. Well, all of a sudden, I hear in the other room choking, 
right? Which is every parent's worst fear, right? You know, in daylight this time, she's able to crawl. She's able to move. You know, she's been good. She was one of those kids that didn't put stuff in her mouth too much, so I trusted her, right? As all parents do, right? If you, you know, you trust your kids. Should I trust you? Yeah, <laughs> right? And so I was, like, I was like, she's good. You know, the boys are with her. I was literally just in the next corridor of the, of the kitchen, and all of a sudden I hear choking, and, you know, just your heart hits the floor, right? I'm like, what's going on? And so I run, I, you know, I, I move into the room, and sure enough, Daylin's sitting on the ground, and she's like gagging, choking. I'm like just panicked, right? I'm just fearful. And I did whatever, you know, what, you're, what we're taught to do at some point is I went in, I scooped the back of her throat, right? That's what you do. You kind of tip them back, you know, scoop the back of the throat, get anything out. So I do that, and I hold, I'm holding her, and I scoop back, and I pull out a piece of, like, artificial garland, like, that long, right? It had kind of just lodged itself in there. It was kind of awkward. Like, it probably would have came out eventually in some way, shape, or form, but, but it was stuck in there. Yeah, don't, don't think about that. But it was stuck. So I pulled this piece of garland out, and I was like, oh, okay, I got it. But she was still choking. She was still like, and she's crying. And as babies do, when they cry, they sometimes cry so hard they can't breathe. You know, and she's like, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Your mom's not here. I'm alone. I have, you know, two other kids. Like, what am I going to do? And so I remember just feeling helpless. Feeling like, what am I going to do? And so I was like, well, the only thing I can do, I was kind of calm her down. Like, she's still not calming down. She's still trying to, like, breathe. I'm like, oh, man. So I called 911, right, because I got to call a higher power, a higher knowledge. I need someone. Help me. And so I'm holding her. I'm just on the floor. I'm just praying. I'm like, God, please, like, don't let me dis- disappoint Danielle. Like, I'm, like, worried about everything. Like, you know, this is my princess. I love her so much. God, please, you know, just pray and just, God, help me. They, they, the paramedics show up. They, they come in, and, and uh, I hand off my daughter. I'm like, save her, you know, just please. And they, they go, and they start looking at her, and they, they look at that, you know, back of her throat. They're looking, and they're like, well, it looks like you got everything, and I was like, well, why is she still like gagging, choking things? She's like, well, in the, in the process of you scooping the back of her throat, you scratched the back of her throat. And so it caused her to like continue to like, you know, gag and, and kind of do that. And I'm like, okay, well, she's, she's good. And they're like, she's going to be fine. And I'm like, oh, you know, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was just overwhelmed with emotion of like, what am I going to do? But I remember just this feeling once, once they assured me that she was going to be okay I knew things were going to be okay. Even though in the process, like, you know, I was trying to do what was right, and I scooped, and I scratched, and all those different things, but I knew that things were going to be okay, right? I had to call on that higher power. I had to call on someone who had a greater knowledge than I did to help show me and tell me that it was going to be okay. And the same thing goes as we look at the story of Jesus and Christmas, right? God being with us, right? And the people of Israel, ultimately, the world, we were in the same place before Jesus was born, in this place of wondering, of desperation, of are we going to be okay? What are, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? Because we have this thing in our lives that we all experience called sin. Right? We've, we experience death. All of us ultimately will eventually. Death rate's hanging right about 100%. Right? That, is, that is where we're going to go. But also we experience it around, in the people around us. So what are we going to do, God? What do we need the people of Israel, and they said, like they said, the world, were in that place of wondering, what are we going to do? And that's when Jesus steps into the picture. That's what we're going to be talking about as we talk about Emmanuel, God being with us. And so we're going to jump into the word today. And before we do, would you join me in, bow, in bowing our heads in a word of prayer? God, I thank you for today. I thank you for moments like this, God, that we can come, Lord, in 
open your word, where we can come sing songs and where we can come share the same space with our family, God, our adopted family that you invite us into. And so God, today as your word is read and spoken, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you'd make yourself real to us, God, and that we would come to you, Lord, and trust you. Lord, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll be in, I don't have my fire Bible yet, so you've probably heard in your venue and here that we're getting fire Bibles, i got to get mine, so um, we'll be uh, getting one of those at some point. But we're going to be talking this Christmas, this Christmas season, we're spending most of our time in Matthew's account of the Christmas story. So if you want to get acquainted with that over the next couple of weeks, you know, read it a couple times, get to know it. We're going to be reading it multiple times here in the, in the service, just continuing to keep it in front of you. But uh, the story of Jesus really is this whole book, right, if you, if you know that, right? This, from the beginning to the end, Jesus is interwoven throughout all of it, right? We see that John's account was that he says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh, right? Jesus, the Word. So God's Word, God's voice, that is Jesus. And so Jesus has been a part of, of humanity's, you know, existence from the beginning, from the beginning of creation, Jesus was there. And as you look at this account in Matthew, we see Matthew, who was one of Jesus' disciples, he recounts this and writes it for us here today and for, those, uh, for the last multiple thousands of years, 2,000 years, to remember, to experience, and to come back to his story, the story of Jesus, a story that changed the world. And so we're going to go in and jump into Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to go ahead and read through this, uh, this account, and then I'll come through back and break it down a little bit. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David... The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the, his prophet, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. All right, that's where we're going to be spending most of our time. And I love this story. I love as we jump into the start of this series, because we get to see glimpses, right? We get through Jesus and through this story, we get to see glimpses of who God is, right? We get to see God's care for humanity, Right, God's care for the details. Right, that his, we get to see his desire to be with us. Right, that he cared about the details to, to talk to Joseph. He cared about the details to come to Mary. But as we look at this, and we know if you've, if you've read the book and you're working through the Bible reading this year, you're, you know that if in the beginning, right, God was with us and humanity made their own choice, right? We went our own direction. And we're getting to the end of the, the Bible reading plan now, and you're like, okay, all right, Jesus is coming. He's got the victory in his hands. Right? Come on. And so jump into next year's Bible reading plan, all right? But it wasn't always this way. You see, humanity was once with God in perfect harmony. Right? We see the imagery of that in 
Genesis. So that God walked in the garden, right? And however God could walk in that form, who knows? I, I try to think about those things, and I'm like, it just blows my mind. But he walked in the garden with Adam. Right? They were in relationship. They spent time together. Right? That was what God had envisioned and created humanity for us to be in relationship with him, with the, with the word, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, this, this four-way, like, you know, relationship. But in that, we see that there was sin. In that, we see humanity's choice to choose, which some of us think maybe sometimes that's wasn't the best idea, God. Why would you put that good tree in the middle of the garden, right? I mean, if it looked so good, why would you do But he'd given us free will. He'd given us a choice because love without choice isn't love. Because love without decision is just forced. But in that, we see in Genesis 3 and 4, as humanity made their decision, and sin entered in, that God had vowed to redeem it. God had vowed to redeem humanity and bring us back into righteousness. That word, you know, righteousness means right standing with God, to bring us back into relationship, back into right standing with him so we could too then again be with him. He'd always been with us, right? And as you see from this, that from the beginning, it wasn't God's desire to be away from us, right? Like, don't, don't misconstrue that, right? Sometimes, like, we can say, well, God didn't really want to be with us. No, God always wanted to be with humanity. It's in our hearts and our choice whether or not we want to be with him. Right? God has always wanted that. You see, God has always been there calling his people to return to him, right? You look through the, the letters and, the, you know, the, the prophecies and the histories and all of the, the rest of the, of the Old Testament, you see God calling out, turn back to me. Come back, turn away from your wickedness. Come, I have something greater for you. But still, in humanity's hearts and desires, we are misaligned. We still wanted to go our own direction. God has always been calling his people to return to him. As we see in that prophecy of, of Isaiah that uh, the angel quotes there. He says, you know, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth. That's harking back to what God had promised 700 years before. God has always been calling humanity back to him. But I love that we, we see the imagery for all of humanity, but let's look at the characters of this story. Let's look at Mary and Joseph. Because we have to remember that these were real people. Right? These were air-breathing, land-walking people, right? They were parents, as we, become, we get to know, and they probably made mistakes. You know, they were real people with real families in a real community. They experienced life, experienced hardship and heartache, just as we do. So let's look at Mary as we do this, and we see in Matthew 1, 18, right? so we're gonna go back into the story. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And now if you know biology, you know, you know how relationships should work in marriage and all that stuff, and especially in this time, things were a little bit out of order, right? I mean, let's just say like, this would have set up a, 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 an interesting, I wouldn't say great, an interesting you know, uh, reality TV show, right? I mean, if th that, that would be instantly what we would have been watching on TV, unfortunately. Um, because we like drama, right? I mean, I don't, but okay, I'm just kidding. I like drama, um, right? 
She was trying to live right, right? She was trying to live right by her cultural standards. She was trying to do right by her future husband. And her becoming pregnant outside of wedlock, outside of what was norm, what, what she was expected of her, especially while engaged to a respectable man, right? It says that Joseph, you know, a different, uh, later on it says that he was a righteous man, that he had, was a man who wasn't right standing with God. He was a good man, right? He was trying to live the right way as well. And if she was to become pregnant outside of that, in, you know, outside of him, outside of marriage, that would have at times, and unfortunately, in that culture and that time, could have and should have and would have meant a death sentence. Right? That's the reality of what Mary had to experience when the greatest news of the world came to her. When the angels showed up, as we see in, in Luke's account, the angel Gabriel shows up. And every time I think of angels showing up, I always think of like, oh! You know, like that's, okay, like if an angel ever shows up to me, that's how you better show up, angel, right? One, it'll take me aback. Two, I'll know it's an angel, okay? <laughs> but angel shows angel Gabriel shows up, and he shows up to Mary. This is what he says. Look how he greets Mary in Luke 1, 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The, wor- the Lord is with you. Right? That's how the angel showed up. Ah, greetings. <laughs> the Lord, favored woman, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. You hear that? God is with you. Mary, what I'm about to tell you is going to shake your world. What I'm about to tell you is going to change the world, not just your world, Mary, not just Nazareth, not just your culture, but I'm gonna, God's going to change the world, Mary, through you. Favored woman, the Lord is with you. God was with Mary. I love to see that God, even in this crazy situation, God was with Mary. He took the time to meet her, to remind her, and want to call her, call out who she is. You are favored. Right? I, the Lord is with you. The Holy Spirit that was with everyone who, that is with everyone who follows Jesus was with Mary. And this Holy Spirit that we see and that we trust and we know is alive and powerful in us today. Right? Jesus calls in John 14 the comforter, right? And that's what Gabriel's coming to say. Like, hey, God's gonna comfort you through this. God's got a plan. It's bigger than you can imagine. It's greater. It's going to be awesome. The angel later on in Luke 1, the Luke 1 account re- re- replies to her, to, to Mary, because she asked the question, like, how am I going to become pregnant? Like, this is just not, it's out of order, like, not normal. I'm waiting to be married. And the angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. We see that God was with Mary, was with her in the fine details, in the cultural, you know, shakeup that would happen through what she was about to experience. And I imagine as they walked through this, as, they, as she walked, you know, to these moments where she went to her aunt, uh, Elizabeth, where she had to tell Joseph all those different things, she had to remind herself and knew that God was with her and that God was in control and God was going before her. We also see that God was with Joseph. God was with Mary. It's, it's an important piece. We, you know, we have a church tradition that very highly um, you know, honors Mary and, and her, uh, her part of the story. But we believe that jo- God was with Joseph as well. I mean, he was a righteous man. And as a dad, I put myself in Joseph's shoes at times. And I'm like, I, I, I struggle parenting my own kids and I'm not like good. But imagine parenting God. 
I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other level of parenting, right? I mean, the you know, angel shows up to Joseph. He's like, hey, you're going you're gonna to parent God. Oh, boy. <laughs> right? They don't, they don't give you books for that. There's no, like, Lamaze class for dads for that, right? It's just, it's just not going to happen. I mean, they're just, you know, so Joseph, he has to lean into God. So he said God was with Mary, but God was also with Joseph. God was with him. Man, as, as you dads and us parents, we know, man, when we parent with God on our side, it gets a little easier. It's not always easier, but we, we can do it a little bit better. We can do it with the right heart because we go to the Father who knows, who's the greatest Father. But God was with Joseph. Let's go back to Matthew 1, 19 through 21. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. I've keyed in on that. It's important to see Joseph was a man who was righteous, right? Standing with God, trying to do what he needed to do to stay in alignment with God, right? So a little sidebar for us parents, like for us dads, like let's make sure that we are righteous, right? Not that we have righteous, you know, we're just rah, rah, rah. It's like, no, I'm in right standing with God. So out of that, my parenting flows. Out of that, how I treat my kids, my wife, all of that flows. I wanna be righteous, known as that. Not that I have righteous anger and things like that, but I wanna, that, that the Lord would look at me and see that I'm in right standing with him. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, right? Because everything in his mind and the culture was saying, hey, you need to, you, you, you cut this off, like shame her, disgrace her, get, like how dare she, right? She, you guys were engaged, like this was, this was going to happen, this was, mar- was going to be your marriage. But the angel comes, reminds him, and while he was doing this, it says in verse 20, as he considered this. So in his thought process, in his, you know, processing of the event, God showed up. I'm thankful for that, that God, sometimes, that God shows up in my processing sometimes. We got to give space for that. We got to give space for God to show up. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, you know, angel appeared oh, in the dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. You see, he says, don't be afraid because the shame that Mary would experience would be on him as well. It would be on their family forever. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Don't be afraid. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you will name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The angel of God is telling Joseph, as we see with Mary, that this is something bigger than them. That this is something greater than they could even imagine. That the world would be saved through them. You see, God had chosen Mary for this tremendous task, right, to be the only virgin to conceive and give birth. I mean, that's a pretty tremendous task. But God had also chosen Joseph. God had chosen Joseph for this task. He'd chosen a a righteous man, someone who was after his heart to to love and to honor Mary in this time, to stand with her in the shame, to stand with her and to walk with her and to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem to Egypt to Nazareth, you know, to Jerusalem with the kids and lose the kid in in Jerusalem, which, you know, that's a whole other story, right? I mean, Joseph lost the son of God. I mean, oh, talk about parenting fail, right? I mean, they left him in Jerusalem, and that's yeah, a whole other story. But you see, Jesus, God, a baby, 
needed an earthly father. I needed an earthly father, and Joseph was the guy for the job. Joseph was the guy for the job. God had chosen him. And as I mentioned, as a dad of three, I know that I fail at times. But imagine that weight on Joseph. Imagine that weight as he processed and contemplated what that meant for him, for his future, for his business, for his livelihood. He contemplated and processed this, but he knew and he trusted that God was with him. God was with him. He woke up from that dream and he says, all right, so be a God, like, let's do this. And I'm sure there was points where he was pretty afraid, where they were, you know, worried about what was going to happen. I mean, imagine showing up, as we're going to talk about in a couple weeks, Bethlehem, where your, your pregnant wife's ready to have a baby and you're like, what are we going to do? And they're like, we have nowhere for her. I mean, I'm like banging down doors and, you know, like, help! Just like I was with Daylin, help! They end up in a manger in the lowly of places. And God enters the world in a form of a baby. It's crazy. It's unimaginable. It's inconceivable. But it's important to see that God cared about the details and the people involved in the Christmas story. As I mentioned, I know that I'm the best parent when I parent with God. And Joseph would need to do the same as he led his family he trusted and he did what the angel commanded. He took Mary to be his wife. And he took on the mantle and the call to parent as the earthly father to the son, the son of God, Jesus. So we see that God's hands on each individual, the details, the important parts of the story. But we can then take that and see the experience that Mary and Joseph had, and we can look at it as, you know, from the 3,000 or 30,000 foot level and see that God has his hands on us and with us. God was with Mary, God was with Joseph, so that God could be with us. And that's our big theme for this next month as we move to Christmas, is God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. God is with you. Hear that. God is with you. In the midst of your trial, God is with you in the midst of pain. God is with you. God is with us. You see, we see this in, in Matthew 1.23, this prophecy that Isaiah spoke. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And as I mentioned, that was a 700-year-old prophecy they'd waited, that they had prayed. The promise that they were waiting for had finally come, and it didn't come in the way they had thought, right? I mean, if I, if, like I said, I'm not God. Thank, thank you, God, that I'm not God, because my ideas would have been like, man, come, come with the horse, come with the sword, like, let's just do this. But God came in humility, and he stepped out of eternity into humanity in the lowliest of ways. And I love this because through this story, as we look through the Gospels, and man, I encourage you, continue to read the Gospels. I always go back, and I, I'm, I'm constantly just reading about reading the Gospels because it tells me who Jesus is. But as we look at this story, we see that God, stepped, being Jesus, God stepped out of eternity into humanity. He was a baby. Right? God became a baby. And as I know with little Daylin, babies do silly things sometimes. Right? I don't know what kind of baby Jesus was. Maybe he was like pulling the garland out of other babies' mouths. I don't know. Like, 
You know, like Jesus has a baby. I mean, he was a man. Right? He had emotions. He had feelings. Right? He processed grief. As the people around him hurt, he hurt. As they struggled, he struggled too with the emotions, the pain of loss, all of those things. He was God. He understood how eternity worked. He understood how the world was set into motion. He was there, as we see in, in, the, in the beginning. He understood it. But then he was also standing on the ground that he had created. He was a son. He was a son to Mary and Joseph. He was a brother. As we know that Mary and Joseph had multiple kids later on, you could read James, his half-brother, his letter uh, to the church in the book of James. Uh, you get to hear the heart of James. And, you know, we see that even in times when Jesus was beginning his ministry, they, the family still didn't quite understand. They thought he was crazy. But he was a brother. He was human. He was divine. That's who Jesus was. But it all brings the question is Why? Why? Why would God do this? Why would God come this way? And as we get to see this, and as you read the story of Jesus, and you hear the, the lives that were changed from his story, through his story, and the things that happened after his death and resurrection, you begin to see why. Because through Jesus, we get to know God. Right, we get to know God a little bit deeper because we can't understand. I, like I said, I've tried to like comprehend and like think through the greatness of the universe and things like that, and like my mind just gets blown. Right, just you know, as you begin to try to think about it. But in Jesus, we get to see God, glimpses of God. We get to understand God's heart, who He is, His passion, and His love. That's what Jesus does for us. I love Paul, whose life was radically transformed by the story of Jesus, by the resurrection of Jesus, the, the faith that he saw in people and the, the experience he had with Jesus on the road. Like God knocks him off his horse, this crazy experience. But Paul's life was completely changed. And this is what he says about Jesus in Colossians 1.15. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Right? Christ becomes that image that we can we can comprehend, that we can reckon with, that we can understand. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we begin to see the, who God is. Right? He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Hearkening back to what John said, in the beginning was God. Was the, was the word. Right? That's what we see here. That's what we see is Christ shows us who God is, his heart and desire. So when you see Jesus interact with people who are maybe lowly, people who are unclean, we see how, what God's heart is for humanity. When he challenges the people around him to, to not be selfish or to get stuck in religious tradition, right? That's the heart of God for all of us. To go to him and to know him. You see, Jesus came to show us the heart of God the Father and to save the world through his life. That's what Jesus came to do. And Paul writes it this way later on in Colossians. He says, for in Christ, talking about Jesus, lives the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Through Jesus, we get to know God. And so as you move, we move into this holiday season, as we move 
through, you know, through this December, don't just go through the motions. Right? My hope and my prayer and our hope here at Sound Life is as you come to each week, we're gonna be talking about this, how, different ways that Jesus, God is with us. Right? Next week we're gonna talk about how God is with us as our savior. Right? You'll see that in that verse, as he came to save. The following week we're gonna talk about how God is with us as our king. Right? And what that means then finally on Christmas Eve, which you don't wanna miss, it's gonna be awesome. We'll have, our, we have an awesome gift for everyone. We're going to see as God with us as our shepherd. God with us. Emmanuel. He didn't leave humanity to flounder. He's been with us all the time. It's been on us to choose him. So as we move to a time of communion in our venues, as we move to a time of, of closing response and reflection, it's important to see that Jesus being God was the only one who could offer himself to save humanity. And like I said, we'll talk about that next week. But I want us to just comprehend and pause in this moment and remind ourselves, because that's what I need to do at times, is remind myself, tell myself, remind, remind my brain, my heart, my soul, my mind that God is with me. God is with you. He's with you. He's walking with you. Right? He's never not wanted to be with you. It's on us and our choices and our decisions that lead us astray in a way. God is with us, but the question is, are you with God? Are you with him? Are you responding to him? Are you responding to his Holy Spirit promptings when he knocks on your heart and he says, maybe you shouldn't go that direction. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should remove that from your life. All those things the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The questions we have is like, where does our trust lie? What do I trust in? Do I trust in myself? Do I trust in my abilities? Or do I trust in him? Where's my hope? As we move into this season of of light, that these references to hope and to peace and to joy, all the beautiful themes of Advent, where does my hope lie? Where does my peace come from? Where is my joy derived from? My wife's really good at asking me good questions. She's a good question asker. And she's always good at like, she's like, where's your joy coming from? And I'm like, come on, don't like dig deep. Don't dig deep on me. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> the other day we were, we were, I was kind of tired and she's like, we, 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 we wanted a coffee. And she's like, would a coffee make you happy? And I was like, no, my happiness isn't found in coffee. It's found in Jesus. And she's like, that's right. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I knew what she was going to do. I don't know if she's trying to misconstrue it on me. I'm calling you out, baby. Um, but where does your hope lie? Where does your joy lie? So I'm going to invite you guys just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And in this venue online, if you want to prepare communion as well. Where does your hope lie? Where are you focused? And for me, at times, it's, it's coming to Jesus. It's coming to him and just reorienting, right? There's this, this process of reorienting my life, my heart, my mind, my thoughts. Most of the time, it's on an everyday basis that I have to do that. But where am I at? Where's my hope? Where's my joy lie? Where's my peace lie? And so Jesus, this morning, got in this place, Lord, where we've, Heard your story. Well, Lord, a story that many of us have heard many a times. God, we see it in Christmas movies. We see it in dramatic plays, or we hear it in the songs that we sing, God, and we read it in the scriptures. 
of you coming to be with us. God, that's big. That's huge. Lord, help us not to in this season, God, make that small. Help us not make that about a tree or lights, God, but make it about what you came to do for humanity, for me and for everyone in this room and in online and traditions and in Ordin Valley, God, what you came to do for all of us. God, help us to continually reorient our hearts back to you, God, and trust you. Lord, today as we move from this space, God, into our next points of our lives, our journey, or may we not walk away no, uh, without understanding and knowing that you are with us. And God, that at any moment we can turn to you. And today, maybe we need to do that for the first time. Maybe we need to do that for the hundredth time. And maybe for, like me, the millionth time. God, we want to turn back to you. So Lord, help us to do that as we move into a time of reflection and response to your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just love you. In your name we pray. Amen.